Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. So today is our dad cast. Uh, we hope this will be a recurring series within our podcast series. We are talking with dads of kids, teens, young adults with FASD. Uh, this is our first time doing this and hopefully not the last. So today we, I am so thankful and honored to have two dads talking with us, sharing their thoughts, sharing uh, their journeys and sharing their hopes first dad is uh, Mr. Spencer Munns. Spencer is the dad of four kids under the age of six. Two of them are diagnosed with an FASD and Spencer lives in Florida with his wife and actually they head up FASD Florida, which I will be sharing information at the end. Spencer, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And our second guest is also my husband, John Vecchione, uh, co-founder of FASD Hope. John and I have been married for 25 years, and we have two amazing kids, our son who is 18 and our daughter who is five. Our son has an FASD and uh, just finished homeschooling, and he is working part-time as a carpentry apprentice. John, thank you for joining us. Having me. So, guys, uh, this is our first time doing this, and our hope is to to just reach the dads out there. Um, you know, we hear so often about moms and, and caregivers and whatnot, but today we'd like to talk about specific issues that dads really may be wrestling with or, or maybe um, just facing with when having kids with an FASD or in both of your cases, having uh, children that have an FASD and then children who are also neurotypical. Spencer, let's start with you. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, just FASD and your, your journey with your wife and how FASD has shaped your family today. Sure. Uh, you know, thanks for this uh, dialogue. I, I think it's, it's awesome. I'm thrilled, really. I was I might digress here for a second, but I was talking to my wife, Lindsay, um, tonight, and I, I honestly cannot name one single dad of an FASD kid that I know, other than John, who we just connected um, a couple weeks ago. And um, so I, I would love to meet more, honestly. I would love to talk to, to more dads because um, it helps. You know, it helps to have that, that community. Um, for me... FASD has, uh, you know, been a rim rattler. I mean, it's, it's really, um, in some ways, turned my, my life upside down. Not necessarily bad ways. Definitely has, has made me stretch. Um, I, I have a, a newfound, you know, empathy and respect for, for people with disabilities. I, I never really gave it nearly as much thought, of course, as I do now. And never really realized how how significant you know the issues are how how disruptive they can be um however uh one thing I, i've realized in in 
this is sort of you know bolstered talking to you, Natalie and John, is you know we're not the only family that has kids with a with a disability. You know there there are I'm sure millions of families out there that have kids with disabilities, and and it is hard, um, but it's not uh, impossible. So um, it's it's a a challenge. It's a fight. I think we've we've sort of uh, dug in our heels, you know. Learning about FASD, I've learned the phrase "fight or flight," which you guys have probably heard of as well. I, I don't know that I'm categorically just one or the other, but I, I do know that when it comes to FASD, we we are fight, you know. So uh, Lindsay, my wife, and I have decided we're in those days when you just don't have the answers and uh, you feel like you're beaten down. Um, we always have at least that one uh, answer, and that is we're just going to keep fighting. You know, that's we'll, we'll keep fighting uh, until we hit the mat and just can't get it up someday. So, hope that's not too too dramatic. But uh, FASD has been a um, challenging for me, and um, uh, you know, rewarding as well. So it's it's changed uh, my life a bit, but um, I'm I, I love my my FASD kids just like any other kids and that's our family and you know we're, we're proud of them yeah that's just amazing you, uh, hearing you speak I, I can hear so many of our thoughts and how we feel our feelings in this journey John let's let's talk share <laughs> share with us I, I know I mean I don't know what you're thinking but I have a feeling I know what you're going to say but Tell our audience how FASD has shaped your life. Well, it's, it's been, you know, it's been quite a journey and it's quite different than I thought, but we had thought, you know, having a family or raising a family would be. Um, and there's been certainly a lot of hard moments, but, um, but those, you know, those over time have kind of faded into the background a little bit and it's been more about you know focusing on the good moments and the good times and I, I, I know I have learned a lot before this I you know I had no real exposure to to anybody in my family with any particular disabilities and and so it was all sort of new and really not you know really just kind of a little surprised or not even surprised, but just, it was a little bit out of the blue and it was like, Oh, there might be something going on here. We should, we should look into that. And then we really started looking into it and taking action. And it's just our path. It's just the journey that we've been on, you know, the times when it's been really, really hard. I think, you know, the thing that I always just come back to is that, you know, our son is really just, he's such an amazing person and he's such a good person. And, uh, you know, we have ups and downs like any other parent, um, but at the end of the day, that's a, that's one of the things that keeps me going. Is like he is just really amazes me every day um, at his resilience and at his um, he's smart and funny and um, he's really creative and I just I really savor those things. And when we have some good moments, really, really hold on to them and savor them. And when we have some not so great moments, sure, it's tiring and frustrating. But, you know, I, I think one of the things Spencer said <clears throat> that uh, 
that we chatted a little bit about was that when Nick was young um, and we lived in Philadelphia, he had, you know, for a whole number of physical ailments that had come up over the years. And we found ourselves at like um, at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia numerous times. And when you think you have it bad, you know, go in the, go sit in the lobby of like a children's hospital and see the kids and the families coming in out of there. And I mean, obviously not everybody's going to have that perspective depending upon what you're going through. But for us, it really, it really put things into perspective and said, we have it bad, but we have many blessings in here. And so it's important to remember those every day, because if you don't, and you only get caught up in all the things that are wrong, it'll, it'll take you down. You know, you have to, you have to look for sunlight. And like Spencer says, you have to, be willing to just you have to stay in the ring and you have to be willing to fight for your kids and for your family every day and i know john you've taught me and uh this is one of our family's mottos is that to savor the moments because i think we've all learned that you know having a child with an fasd you you got to get away from what society thinks is, oh, having a good day or a bad day. No, you, you got to break it down into moments and and savor those moments when they happen. And um, I know Spencer, when I spoke with Lindsay, we talked about how we celebrate victories differently, you know, than the neurotypical families of neurotypical children. And, and you do, you have celebrations that are different. Like, hey, yeah. I slept two nights in a row or, you know, <laughs> or hey, yeah. you know, he didn't rage today or something like that. You know, you, you have different celebrations, but different is, is, is okay. You know, and, yeah. and um, you've learned that even though it's a different road, um, like, like John said, you know, you, you can still appreciate the blessings in that road. So let's talk because both of you gentlemen have, have very busy careers, very active careers. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that, that work-life balance when you have a child with an FASD or when you have children with an FASD or a teen or a young adult with FAS, an FASD. It's obviously going to be very complicated to, to, to balance that. Um, John, I'm going to start with you because we've been parenting a little longer than, than Spencer and Lindsay. So over the years, how has FASD, um, how have you been able to manage that as far as having a, a very um, active career? I think manage is a very kind term because it feels like you're kind of riding the tornado sometimes, you know, yeah. Yeah. is really what it feels like because, um, you know, I, there's a couple things. Number one is that I think with, with, uh, with a child with FASD, it, it ups the ante a little bit more. So when, you know, if you get up, you get up early, you go to work all day, it requires a huge amount of mind share it requires a lot of thought and a lot of activity. And if you're having meetings and phone calls and you're, you know, now it's all remote, you know, it's all on zoom and, you know, teams and everything. But when you're running around an office and you're meeting people and you're talking, you're putting out a lot of energy all day. And then you come home, you don't really have, there's no downtime. You don't get a break because Mm -hmm. now you're putting out energy and you're kind of catching up with your family for the day and you're, you're kind of working on whatever situation might be happening when you walk through the door or what evolves through the night. And then, you know, maybe at some point in the night you get to lay down and maybe you get to sleep through part of the night. We had 
plenty of nights where there was no sleep or you're up multiple times or you're sleeping on the floor in somebody's room and it really can take it out of you. And so the, the other part of it, and this is something me and Spencer had talked about a little bit was that like for my job and I think Spencer, probably the work that you do, you make a lot of decisions and you have to be, um, you have to be confident in your decisions and you have to, and you're providing guidance to, uh, you know, a lot of people and, there's all sort of levels of the organization that I have to deal with that um, that are depending upon the work that I'm doing and my team is doing and we want to deliver and we want to kick butt and um, and then come home and then it's and you have to sort of really it took me a long time and I'm still working on it to change your mindset where you're not directing or you're not giving you know instructions or you know you're not giving the guidance on what we're going to do as much because things are happening and you have to sort of shift, you have to change your mindset and your approach to avoid, you know, just kind of navigate through the, the waters that you're in after working all day. I don't know, Spencer, do you, do you, do you experience that at this, at this uh, point uh, in your life too? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just, uh, you know, um, little note, I'm, I'm in my office here nodding my head and occasionally saying, uh-huh. I hope that, that that uh-huh is not too dis, you know, distracting or disruptive. Uh, so sorry if I'm doing that, but um, absolutely, John, because um, at work, uh, yes, you know, there, uh, I'm in somewhat of a, of a leadership position, um, but it, it's, it's no frills. It's very serious. You know, we're um, setting out directions and, you know, holding people accountable Um it couldn't be more opposite when you come home, you know, FASD kids have, have a different brain. Um, so you, you definitely have to uh, put a different hat on And I'll be honest, I, I'm still trying to work my way uh, through it. One thing, this is also, th this is a prevalent theme throughout everything. I could probably apply this to any answer. And that is that um, I have definitely had to adjust my, my purse, my, um, I guess my, my um, perception um, of, and, and I've got to, I've had to sort of say, okay, that typical family life that I sort of envisioned, if that's in this box, I'm not in that box. You know, that, that's just the reality. Um, it, it helps me a lot to have uh, routine. I like to be able to get routine and, and get things where I can almost do them on autopilot so that then I can, you know, branch off and, and, you know, stretch myself even more. I mean, I fight as hard as I can to have routine, but I mean, it's almost just thrown out the window every day because <laughs> FASD issues are, are so unpredictable. I mean, I, I've been in this for a couple of years now trying to learn about it. So I love talking to John and hearing his stories because he's got so much more experience than I do. Um, but that perspective of, you know, thinking, you know, I'll have eight to six, you know, to work and then maybe a couple hours for myself and a couple hours for the kids. I've had to just uh, adjust my, my perspective. I think that um, has helped me quite a bit. And uh, I, I think I'm learning um, right now, actually, that, you know, I, I, I got to talk. I got to have someone to talk to about this stuff. I'm kind of a typical, uh, traditional, however you want to describe it, guy where uh, I thought it's, it's my job to be dad, you know, to be unflappable, you know, dad doesn't crack. He's, he's the rock. He's the tough guy. 
you know, I, I try to do that. Um, but inevitably, you know, it, you do break down. And for me, it's, it's uh, often on my drive into work, um, on my drive home from work, because I like to keep that private. I don't really want to, um, for my kids to see those moments. But um, I, I even think that um, having an outlet, having a, a friend to talk to can help sort of juggle all of these things because uh, you're able to get someone else, someone else's perspective. Um, you're able to get things off your chest. Other than that, I, I'm still trying to navigate my way through this, you know, and, and uh, it does feel like a tornado, John, often, you know, I'm sure everyone can relate to sleeping in three different places over the course of a night because you're just trying to, you know, placate one kid who's saying he has to sleep here or there. Uh, and then going through a full day of just getting your, your brains beat out, basically at, at work, coming home exhausted, having issues at home. And then when you finally take a break, you look back and you can't hardly even remember the night before. I mean, it's a blur. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, yeah. I mean, Lindsay and I talk about sometimes and, and just tonight, uh, uh, I was saying, well, we actually were going to, we, we pray together every night. Which wanted to do that early tonight. And I said, well, I, I said it last night. And she was like, no, you didn't. And I honestly could not, I could not remember who, who had prayed last night. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. And um, I, I'm all ears to hear other suggestions of how to, to manage it better. I, I'm trying uh, hard. And uh, I know it's kind of a long response, but one thing I'm doing, I, I, I recognize that not everyone can do this um, or they do it potentially at some risk, but I, I'm trying to get a better handle on, on my work life. Uh, I've got to be, I've got to have more flexibility and I've got to be able to have, you know, time with my family. And um, I, I, I do sort of count my lucky stars every night um, that I'm in a position where I can probably uh, accomplish that. And I, I really feel, for the people who, you know, who, who don't really have that, that, uh, that option or that ability you know, due to their, their work situation. So I guess as much as you can um, find some uh, amount of, of flexibility at work, uh, in my experience, it's it, it, so far that goes a long way. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's really, it's critical because, you know, if you are, mm, there's a lot of days you just feel beat up, you know, mm -hmm. um, you, you get it all day at work and, uh, and then, you know, you don't know what you're in for when you get home and you just sort of feel beat up. And if you don't have a good, if your work environment is even harder and you don't have, you know, something, some sort of ray of light, it could be good coworkers. It could be mm -hmm. your, you know, you're paid, you're paid well, or you paid more than fairly or just fairly, or, you know, if there's something, if it's just a grind all day long, you know, that on top of everything else can, that affects you. And it affects then how you're going to deal with your family when you get home at night, because you've had, you know, the, the work environments today are so, you have to be so careful about what you say and do. And the you know and when you get home and then you're deal you know you're kind of like you have no headroom like you're you're out of you're out of like headroom in terms of sometimes patience 
you just exhaust, you're just you're just tapped out, and and so sometimes your family unfortunately can get the worst of it from us. You know, we give. I, I know there's times where I feel like at, with my daughter, where I'm home and I'm working, and then dealing with whatever we have to deal with, and and she wants time, and she wants dad, 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 and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, and she's five, so she's being five, right? But uh, there's times where I'm just like, my, can, can we just not do that? Can we go over here? And I feel like I, she gets the worst of me sometimes, and I and I hate that. And um, mm-hmm. and the same thing for our son, where you know he's just he just he wants to hang out, he wants to talk about music or about a video game or about something, and and sometimes it's hard to give to give any more, and they get the worst of it. And so I don't know. I, as you were talking, I was thinking that I don't know that you get better at it <laughs> over the years, but <laughs> your expectations change. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, yeah. you get more settled into the expectations. And for us, it's still like it, every day is a learning day. It's, it'll just well, never end. I've got a question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. You're at work all day, uh, stressful environment, come home, you're drained. You, you ask your spouse, in my instance, in my case, it's my wife, um, how did the day go? How are the kids? Now, at that point, she can either pile it on and tell me how bad it was, or she can lie, it, you know, or not tell me the, the complete truth so that um, I don't just step into the next set of issues to worry about. And um, we, we've talked about that. Um, and I've, I've told her, you know, I, I have to know the truth, right? We, we can't, I can't just be whistling past the graveyard and there are kids. So, you know, I'm, I need to stare the truth straight in the eyes, you know, and take it on. Um, I, I think um, for us, the, what works best is um, if I can somehow get some time when I get home from work to kind of uh, hit the reset button or take the work hat off and put the family hat back on. Um, it's hard, especially right now, it, it, currently we're having, you know, sleep issues, but if I can have some time to kind of decompress and then if we can, we can balance, you know, the reality, the, the, the difficult things that we saw with, um, the little wins that we got in the day. Um, so far that that's, I think what's worked the best for us because, um, and again, this is long winded, so I apologize for that. But I'll tell you, there was like, a, I can't remember how many weeks in a row this went on, but um, Lindsay kind of spared me the bad news for a couple of weeks and she was just shouldering it all. And I got to tell you, it, <laughs> it really was different. You know, I, I really did live uh, much more worry-free and it, and it was interesting, but um, when I found out, hey, it's not that things have just uh, dramatically improved. Um, Lindsay's just been kind of, you know, uh, holding back the bad news from me because she sees it every day. Oh, I'm drained and I'm stressed. Then it really hit me hard, and I realized, hey, I'm not escaping this reality. So it's probably better to get that, you know, to talk about those issues, you know, as we go piecemeal and kind of in a measured way and pace ourselves. But I am curious, how how do you, you know, balance talking about the reality of it with wanting to have at least some modicum of, of, of good news in the day. Well, I can say that I have no poker face and I like, 
I, I am my I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So my poor husband would like literally he wouldn't even be out of the car and I would be telling him like the disasters of the day or anything right. like that. And of course, like, you know, especially when we were living in New York and John was commuting to the city and we had a newborn and then, you know, our son's symptoms were starting to to worsen. Oh my goodness. He just, I'd just be texting him and he'd just be like, okay, I, I, there's, you know, we had to set parameters because he, you know, he was putting out fires at work and, you know, and I'm just trying to, to, to deal. So I honestly, I am so thankful that John has just been able to let me say, Oh my goodness, what do I do? Or oh, this happened or whatever. He, you know, that we've learned and we've also relearned that just keeping the channels of communication open, no matter how like ugly it can get, <laughs> um, keeping those open, I think for us has been um, great. I, ha I have to tell you, I wish we had more alone time he and I you know you guys have all of them under the age of six at once you know we we kind of spaced ours a little far apart so <laughs> so like yeah Lindsay was joking around with me about that she's like you guys have a 13 year age gap I'm like yeah yeah we didn't really plan it that well um but 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 honestly um I, I am so thankful for John because he has just John knows, and, and I'm sure you're learning this too, Spencer with Lindsay, like John knows, I see it like a baton, like a relay race. Like John knows when to take the baton and then he knows when to hand it back to me. And I, I see this as like this, it's a relay race, but of course it's a marathon. This is, you know, this is right. long-term. So John has been amazing at just being able to note when he, I need him to take the baton and, sure. um, and, so I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, honey, what do you have to say? <laughs> I, I think the, I think the one thing that, um, the one thing with, you know, and what you're just saying was that I think the big, one of the big things, and it's, it seems increasingly more difficult today because of the way the world is, is you have to take yourself at first place and not in like a, not in a, I don't matter way, but anytime that we've had these, you know, you're having really, you've had a hard day and I've had a hard day and I come home and, you know, it's just, sometimes it's just chaos that, and I, and my, you know, your, my first impulse is like to start to get upset and mad. And like, I've been working all day and I'm, this is, I don't understand. And, you know, this is, I just, I need a break and everything. You take yourself out of that picture and you just say, well, and I start to think about like what you've been through all day and what you've had to face and that you haven't had a break and you're tired too. And it really just like, that's one thing that that's where I kind of go sometimes when I get, when you're having one of those moments thinking like to dial it back and say, I'm not going to be mad at you. I, I know it's frustrating. I know you're frustrated and I'm frustrated, but um, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just kind of reacting to the day that you've had and I'm doing the same, but let me just take myself out of this for a second and think about how you're feeling. And it, it, it really changes my perspective on how to re respond to things, you know, and how to react. And it could be anything. It could be like, you know, I, I remember like with, you know, when school and Gigi was little and 
school for Nick and Gigi was, was little that, um, you know, he comes home and like the house is, it's just, you're just like, you're just trying to keep everybody. But we had a saying like, and this is not to be morbid, but it was like, how's the day going? Well, nobody died. So that's a pretty good day. You know, like that, that's, that's a successful day. So I don't know that, that has helped me because just take your, I take myself out of it and try to like in those moments. And it's hard because you're beat up and you're tired too, and you're frustrated and you know, you don't get a break, but we're in it together. And we made the commitment and we're, we're going to hold to that commitment. And, and in that, one of the things that has made a huge difference is that we can laugh. It's like, mm-hmm. we will find humor in it all. And even some of the stuff that is horrible and I don't know, it just, it just, this whole thing just changes. You're putting on a different set of glasses. You're looking through different lenses at the world and this is, that's one of the things that has kept us sane is because we will not find humor in like really morbid, awful stuff. But, you know, those tough moments where you're talking about something that's going on where we, we'll, we can say things to make each other laugh. And in that moment, again, it's down to a moment. It helps you. It helps us get through it. You, you really have to, I mean, you really have to be able to see, you know, someone else's perspective. I mean, we have to do that with our kids, but with, with, uh, with, with Lindsay, my wife, she, she's more like you, Natalie, you know, the emotions are on the sleeve and, um, she's gonna, she's gonna talk. I'm, I'm more, um, reserved. I I like to just, Hey, let's get through this moment. Let's get everything figured out and let's get to a spot where everything's calm and then we can talk about it. So while it may be frustrating for me that she's, you know, guns a blazing at times in the moment. Well, I've got to realize that from her perspective, um, me holding it in and not being very, very vocal until later is equally or even more frustrating. And in this particular scenario, sometimes what happens is I'm saving it for a more, you know, uh, what I think is a, is, is a more appropriate moment. Well, guess what? That moment doesn't come for several days. And then I haven't expressed it. I haven't uh, communicated. You know, that's just as frustrating to her as other things may be to me. So again, you know, understanding that perspective goes a long way. And and FASD has definitely, you know, made me do that. It has has made me stretch to see these perspectives more than any other, you know, uh, impetus I I would have ever imagined. Let's talk about expectation, guys, because obviously – we either they've completely changed or in some cases we don't have any because we just, you know, we just take things as it comes. John, tell me how your expectations about parenting and about family have, have changed um, over the years in us raising a now young adult with an FASD. Uh, You know, I think it's just, I had to let go of my idea of what parenting was and what a family, how a family is supposed to be based on the way I was raised. And, you know, quite frankly, I am, I'm amazed that I am some days like that I haven't gone off the deep end because I think about my family. I grew up in a, an Italian family, fairly high strung 
like everything was an emergency. We ran out of coffee. I'm like, oh, we're out of coffee. You know, everybody's yelling and in each other's face all the time. And, and, um, and, you know, when it came to kids and parents, respect, having respect for your parents was the utmost, it was the highest thing. You know, you couldn't say or do anything that would be perceived as disrespect. You would be in huge trouble. And, and so having to leave that behind, and then I learned early on, like when Nick was, was younger, that if, when he was getting upset about something, that if I kind of handled it the way my dad handled it, where I would get louder and yell, or that that was like throwing fuel on the fire for him. Whereas when I was growing up, that was a thing that shut everybody up because you didn't want dad to get mad. In this case, it was the complete opposite, where it was, it was only exacerbating the situation. So. I took that and have learned like this, this calm, even keeled. And that has paid off in numerous ways because it's helped me adjust to how we have to roll daily. It's helped me at work too, because I get, I've been told numerous times that when, when, you know, in stressful situations and emergency situations, I am like, I'm flat in terms of like, I'm not freaking out. I'm not getting upset. I'm not getting on the boat with everybody else where, you know, people are going down a path because of something that's happened. So I think that's paid off and I've benefited from that and I've kind of embraced it that, yeah, like, okay. And I, I realized at one point when he was going through a really rough time and that seeing that at home, it turns the dial down on everybody else's drama outside of the house. I had one point, I had a, a, a direct report on my team who was always like, it was always an emergency. It was always a fire. Something was always wrong. It was always something to complain about. And after we had been through some of the things that we went through, that voice was dialed way down in my head. Like any of those complaints, I just, mm -hmm, yep. And just you kind of roll with it because that's what you have to do. So it, it's been a, a 180 degree turn from where, you know, 25 years ago, when we got married and talked about a family from what I, what, what I, or what we thought this was going to be, but it's been, it's been good. It's just not what I expected. And sometimes that is the fun part of life. That's the beautiful part of life is that things go in a different direction and you will either, you know, you fall down or you stumble, but you pick yourself up back up and you keep going and get stronger every time you do that. And um, so I'm, I'm grateful for the journey. I don't think I would change anything. Um, I really, really don't. I'm just, I'm grateful for our family and I'm, I'm grateful for our, our kids. And, um, you know, every day is a new day to learn. That's the way I look at it. I'm aw. with you on that, John. That's, that's so cool. Sorry, Natalie. That was, no, no, really I was cool. just, I was just saying, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so blessed to be married to you, John. I am. I'm so blessed. Spencer, how about your take? What, how, how has having, kids with an FASD just reshaped your expectations? So I, I want to, I really want to make this point, no matter where, even if I'm not answering the, the question directly, but what I imagined um, life with, with my wife and a couple kids and a couple dogs in the backyard uh, was going to be like is, is not what we live today because we're, we're like going to war every day. And so that's a, um, it's a different type of fulfillment. And like John, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything because it 
stretches you. You know, I have bags under my eyes. I'm losing my hair. Um, you know, it, it feels like I'm falling apart even more and more every day. Um, but but it's this is a fight for my kids, my family. Like it's um, there's no more noble fight. And um, so for starters, um, our for me, my wife, our spouses. Um, you know, I, I work is hard and it's stressful, and, and I don't know that anyone who doesn't walk in my shoes is ever going to fully get it. Um, but by the same token, um, I'm not going to fully get the stress, the trials, the frustrations, the heartache, the trauma that my wife goes through. I mean, I at least have some, some non-FASD things that I can control and where I can accomplish, I can achieve goals and I can find successes. Um, Lindsay does too, um, but it's so much more out of her control um, because the, this brain-based disability is, is um, unpredictable. We don't know a whole lot about it. And um, I, it's, you know, um, I, I love that relationship with, with my wife. You know, she's, um, uh, every day when I'm going into work, I, I try to take time to, to think and, and be thoughtful and, and actually prayerful. But um, every day it, it's impressed upon me as I'm driving into work to go to, you know, at my office in a, in a building downtown. It's air conditioned and people are wearing suits, you know, uh, and it's stressful, but, but we, can, we can accomplish things. Um, I'm leaving behind. Uh, you know, my wife who's in the trenches, um, who's, who's dealing with four kids going in different directions, who's trying to, to keep them alive, who's seeing things that are, that are, that are scary. Um, so I, in a roundabout way, I, I'd say that that's one way that um, it's kind of altered my, my perception. And um, though it's, it has its challenges, I, it's very, very rewarding. I, I wouldn't trade it. Um, you know, uh, your relationship with your kids, uh, of course, is, is, um, not what I, or mine isn't what I, I thought it would be like exactly. Um, again, I, I grew up playing sports and just the, the traditional, um, you know, guy thing. And, um, uh, I, I always imagined my kids would, um, play sports as well. I now don't know whether my, my two FASD kids uh, will ever be able to play team sports. You know, I, I played the, the typical football, basketball, baseball. Um, but um, they can accomplish every, they can accomplish every bit as much as, as LeBron James. I, I say this often, um, given the faculties that they were born with. If one of my boys is a, an equipment manager, for the, for the varsity basketball team, instead of playing on the varsity basketball team, that may be just as much of an accomplishment as, as LeBron James. They just weren't born into, you know, the perfect body for basketball, but given what they were born into, um, it, it, it can be, they can accomplish just like anyone else. And so um, there's, a, I've learned through support groups that um, sometimes when you alter these perceptions um, or expectations, uh, there's some grief associated with that. And I've had a few moments where it's hit me. Hey, you know what, man? It, it is not, it is probably not going to be how you always imagined it. 
But once I get through that process, who cares? That, that's my kid. And those moments that we share are every bit as fulfilling as if he was on a little league team and got a trophy. You know, um, so, so there's that uh, perception that has been altered, that expectation that, that's been adjusted. If I had, was talking to a group of uh, parents or dads that had kids with, with FASD, I, I would say, you know, just uh, set your expectation and, and be prepared to um, probably have a, you know, a different uh, lifestyle than you expected and to have different wins than you always imagined, but they're just as cool. And um, I think they're pretty neat. You know, they, these, are, these are like little wins that you can really be proud of. Spencer, I'm so glad you brought up the grief in having resetting expectations because actually John and I were talking about this. I want to say it was a week or two ago. We were talking about something and we know that as our kids with an FASD grow, Um, especially as they get older, there are going to be things that they're not able to do that their neurotypical peers are doing. And John, like I noticed him, he was in our dining room and, and um, you know, he looked really sad and we had talked about something before and it was something about our son and him not having just us talking about something that he may not be able to completely do. For the first time, I looked at, at my husband and I was like, wow, he's, re- he's really processing the grief that comes along with this journey. I mean, I know he does, but you know, it was just kind of a really candid moment. So I think it's important for our audience, especially those parents of a child with a teen, adult, young adult with an FASD, when you have expectations and they don't happen, especially if they're you know typical expectations, allow yourself time to grieve that, you know, and, and John and I have, especially when there's transitions, like for example, our, our son finished homeschool and that was huge. And he's, he's working part-time as a carpentry apprentice and that's huge. Um, So those were big celebrations, but along that way, there were quite a few things that we, we had to, to grieve that, you know, we either, and, and actually Lindsay said something amazing, Spencer, she says a lot of things amazing, you know that, but she said something amazing that I loved. She said, it's not about um, never, it's just not yet. And I loved that. And, and, and I, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, you know, I have to stop thinking never, never, and just think, okay, not yet. Mm-hmm. And um, that really just helped, you know, that helps when you're processing the expectations and, and the grief. So we're, this is going to be a regular thing because this conversation is, is important. This conversation, this, it's a very natural conversation. I'm, you know, just having both you dads, you know, just talk about your experience in FASD. And I think it needs to be out there more um, so that we can, we can, you know, reach out and hear from other dads and, and just keep this going. So, you know, John and I co-founded FASD Hope to not only help and be a resource and, and to also be a hope carrier for people when, when they feel like they can't have their, when they feel like they just can't go on or and they feel like they're in the trenches of, of the war, you know, that, that we're all, you know, we have different battles, but we're in the same war. And John and I, we wanted this to be a mission. We really felt like, we really felt like 
we prayed about this and we felt like it was placed in our hearts, you know, that God put this in our hearts to do this. So we, we like to end on hope. Um, mm-hmm. However, you brought up humor or actually, John, you brought up humor. So I, I want to share a little story before we, we finish talking. We, we talk about our last topic. So you guys, Spencer, I know you're going through um, a lot of sleep issues this, you know, mm-hmm. this is here. And John and I, what was it, honey? 16 years ago, we had our summer of no sleep, which was pretty much like a year of no sleep. But yeah, it was about 16 years <laughs> yeah. ago. Okay. So Lindsay posted a picture. Uh, it was like a 4 a.m. Instagram picture. And, and Spencer, oh my gosh, you were a rock star. Like you guys did Uber Eats because nobody was sleeping. And you were, it was such, and I think I even showed the picture to John. It was awesome. It was like, yes, yes, this yeah. is what it's like. This is what it's like. You know, you, you made the best out of it. And, and, you know, you in the background were just, oh my gosh, like I've seen John with that, you know, expression and with that face, like so mm-hmm. millions of times. So, John, you are the classic storyteller in our family. Can you tell Spencer about the time you came home? You were doing a, a, a gig, yeah, band, and you yeah, came yeah. home. You know which story I'm talking about, baby. Yeah, the um, it was when you know I don't know Nick was two or three. He was two. He was two. Yeah, he was, he was two. Two, so wasn't sleeping at all. It was having night mm-hmm. terrors, separation anxiety. It was really rough. Probably half a year, and um, I had something. For, I was out and I came home around midnight and we lived in like a small Cape Cod at the time and you come in the front door you're like right in the living room and I pull up the house is dark I'm like wow everybody must be sleeping this is amazing <laughs> and I open the door and on the couch I can see like the light shining through the front window I kind of look from one end it's Natalie sleeping under a blanket and I get to the end and Nick is sitting at her feet with a baseball cap on hey dad <laughs> And he's just sitting yeah. there. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, at this point it was probably like 1230 at night. And I was like, all right, got Natalie in bed. And I was like, come on, buddy. And we sat and we watched American Chopper for like two hours because yes. I was, I just couldn't have the fight of trying to get to sleep anymore. And it was great. We laughed and we had a good time and we had some snacks and then if ever, we both got tired and, you know, maybe got a few hours sleep, but it, that was just like, that was exactly what I got when I saw that picture of uh yeah. of you guys it's like yeah that's that that feeling of you're not going to sleep yeah. so might as well embrace it right you know we we need that in the fasd community I, i'm i'm horrible it's i can talk for hours about how hard it is <laughs> and about all the problems that there are but we can have fun too you know and so i, I love it i love it when people can bring some humor into it or um you know can, can lighten things up a bit I mean, I mean, why not? FASC is not going away, right? There's not a, ma- a, yeah. a magic pill. So let, let's have some, some fun with it. That, that night, it, it felt really good because once, you know, I'm, a lot of times I'm pushing, you know, and, and if I'm up at night with the kids, all of a sudden I'm worrying that I'm going to be groggy the next day. Well, I've, I've kind of learned to let that go. <laughs> you got to let that go. Uh, yeah. But that's awesome. We, we should – Someone needs to um, create some uh, like uh, receptacle online or, or place where we can post the funny moments or, or the late night, you know, let's pop some popcorn, let's make some nachos. And who cares that it's a mess? Uh, because we, we have a, a healthy dose of, of the dark clouds, you know, um, but it's on us. We, I love it, man. We, we can make yeah. it funny. You don't want to look back and just, 
you know, you don't want to look back and just only have, you know, the tough times to think yeah. about. Those are, those are a given, but you look back and have those like fun, you know, it's all, and it's all about your perspective and your attitude. If you think, if you go around thinking like, this is going to be horrible, it's going to be horrible. Like, you got it. And you're going to have those days where, yeah, it's going to be horrible. You can't, you can't shake that. Or you're going to have those moments where you're like, it's going to be bad. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think through prayer and supporting your spouse and trying to just find good moments, you have to find those and you have to be able to laugh about it. Sure. And you don't want to get to the end of your life and think like how miserable it was. Like, that's too many of that. It's too much of that, even without FASD. So fine. Yeah. I, I always want to look for the light, you know? And I got to tell you, sorry that I'm dragging this on. Let me just say this one last thing, John, I, I really appreciate that we've been able to connect um, because I tell, I'm telling you, I, you're the only other dad that I know uh, of a kid with an FASD. There, there's a guy that leads a support group, but it's, he's in Canada. It's not like we're buddy, buddy. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. And I got to tell you, it, it, it went a long way. I mean, it felt so good to, to hear you say, hey, you know, you can text me, you can vent, whatever, if you ever want to uh, throw it on me because I've been there and I know what it's like and kind of giving me like a, Hey, get out of jail free card. If, if you need it, you know, call me and just let loose. And, um, that's, that's the first time I, mean, I have really good friends where I could do that, but they don't, they don't necessarily get it. And, and you know, uh, I'm a grown, grown a man basically. So it's not like I hang out with my buddies every day. Right. So yeah. it's, it's very, very quickly. They, they get out of they get out of touch as to the details and the only way for them to get it is for for you to have a 10-hour conversation with them which just isn't going to happen so yeah. it, it is just phenomenal let let's find each other I'm telling you from my own personal experience I, I considered myself a pretty tough guy uh, but this thing has kicked my butt and and uh, just hearing that there's someone there that that that'll listen to me you know figuratively uh, a shoulder to, to cry on or whatever. It felt so good. I, I mean, I can't yeah. even explain it. And I didn't know it would feel so good. I just was like, Hey, I can do this. I don't, I don't need anybody to talk to. I'm telling you, it feels good to have someone that gets it and someone that you can just <laughs> unleash. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's been through it. I've, I've, I've met, I think maybe one other dad, I think that I've been not even that close with because he's got, they have a, they have multiple kids of different ages and he has a pretty stressful job and we don't get to connect that often, but he's a super nice guy. And I really like, it's the same thing. Like he's got kids that are older. And so I learn a lot from him and it's just, again, it's just t- talking to somebody that understands where you're coming. It's, it's important. Connection and- is huge. You know, we, the, the support groups, um, when, pre-COVID when they were in person were mostly moms, you know, there were a few dads, um, but mostly moms, I think because quite a few of the dads just wanted to give the moms a break so that they could go to the support group, but dads need connectivity too. And we, we talk about, you know, um, moms, us mama bears having a tribe that, that gets it. Dads need that too, you know, because you guys, your your journey is you're we're we're all on the same journey, but your journey is a little different than ours because you you know you guys have different different challenges and are facing different daily issues. You know, so I think that hopefully is is one of our um one of our hopes 
with FASD Hope is that we can help dads not only give hope to everybody, but as you know, help dads too find that connection. You know, I'm so thankful that Spencer, that, you know, Lindsay and I connected so that you and John mm-hmm. were able to connect. I, I really feel, I don't believe in coincidences. I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that, that, that God put you guys in our path so that we could be there for each other. And, and also um, I am just so impressed with the work that you and Lindsay are doing, you know, with FASD Florida. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit before we, before we sign off? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm going to totally fumble this. <laughs> my, my wife's amazing. You know, I, we could have an entire podcast of, about that, but, you know, in addition to, you know, wrangling in our, our crazy, and wild kids. She's connecting people. She's providing resources. For whatever reason, we, we, when, we, when we talk to people, we, we've gotten some traction. Um, we've been able to connect people that are FASD professionals. There's a, there's a clinic in Florida, in Sarasota, one clinic. We've been able to connect them with Orange County, uh, the, the, the teachers in the school system, which is the ninth biggest school system in the country. And uh, yeah, she's, got, she's got a great website. Um, she's got great ideas to spread awareness, um, very active, sort of linking up with people across the country. It seems like it's really growing, which, which gets me excited. For me, you know, I, I have some, some access to uh, senators, and um, I've been able to, to speak with them about the issues. And, um, you know, this is sort of uh, aiming high, but um, uh, I hope to get involved in some kind of legislation. Uh, the federal legislation that, um, you know, Senator Amy Klobuchar is behind, you guys are probably familiar with that, uh, Proof Alliance or No Fast, I can't remember which one, have, has a, uh, a lot of involvement there. But even on a, on a state level, we, we actually secured some, some funding for that diagnostic clinic. And uh, it ended up getting vetoed. Um, but we'll, we'll rally the troops again. And, and, you know, we'll be right back there trying to, trying to secure that funding. So, you know, we, we're, we're sort of in the, the infant stages and, um, you know, Lindsay's a, a great organizer, a, a great presenter, you know, she, she's sharp, you know, very, very savvy. She's um, doing a great job through social media channels and whatnot. And um, I, I'm trying to hopefully someday move the needle uh, with some legislation. And um, we kind of, combine our resources, of course, and work on those things together. So, And that gives John and I a lot of hope because you guys, if John and I knew what then what you guys know now, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. you guys, it's hopeful that you you know about this and you know, this is a brain-based disability and you know, you know, the primary characteristics and everything, you know, John and I, honestly, we were winging it for so long, you know, because we we weren't getting answers and, and, you know, we, we get partial answers or treatments of symptoms, you know? Um, So it gives us hope that this is happening and that you guys are, are behind that you and Lindsay are promoting and advocating for FASD and especially the FASD community in Florida. In our program notes, you'll find you can reach uh, Spencer and Lindsay, Lindsay primarily through uh, on Instagram. The handle is at FASD.Florida. And, and we'll put that again on our, uh, our program notes. John, any final words before we sign off? The only thing I would just say is 
Well, is that, uh, you know, Spencer, I'm really glad to connect with you because like you said, it's just, it's good to just talk, you know, have the opportunity to talk to somebody who's kind of going through what you're going through and understands it. And, you know, I, I am, ex I, I think there's as much as you think you could learn from me, I think there's even more I can learn from you in terms of what you're experiencing because your experience is going to be quite different from ours. And as well, the things that you guys are doing uh, to help other families. This is a community that needs to come together to, to shine more light on this and to get the resources and the attention that it needs to help our kids and you know the generations of kids that will come after that will face these issues to help give them and their families a better life. So I'm grateful to get to know you and your, your wife a little better. And Natalie, you're amazing every day, so I'm always grateful for you. And uh, look forward to the adventures ahead yeah. with this. Aw, this has been awesome. I, I have to say, I think this is probably one of my favorite podcasts. And <laughs> I'm affectionately calling it the dad cast. And you guys yes. are champions in dadvocacy. I just uh, kind of created that word, sort of. And you guys, I, I'm just so thankful that you're out there. And I really hope, John, and I hope that if you're a dad that has a child or, or knows a child that has an FASD, reach out to us. Reach out to Spencer and Lindsay at mm -hmm. FASD Florida. Reach out to John and I at FASDHope.com. We would love to um, just help you out, give you hope, point you in the right direction, or at least at the same time, let you know that somebody is here and, and that uh, you're not alone. So Spencer and John, thank you guys again for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. As hard as it is, it's equally or even more exciting because we are going to see this change in our lifetime. Like John, Natalie, uh, you guys, me, Lindsay, we are going to see people become much more aware of the issues. So I'm, I'm excited to, to be along in, on that journey, so to speak, with you guys. So thank you. Ooh, thank you. We are too. I, I know John yeah, is sure. too. I know, I know yeah. we, we are too. Thank you again for listening to FASD Hope. You can find us at FASDHope.com. You can also find us in social media. Check us out on Facebook and on Instagram. Please listen and like and subscribe to us and stay tuned. And we will definitely be having dad casts more often because it's needed and it's a conversation. The dad cast conversation is one that needs to continue. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com. Or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember, to be informed, take care, and always have hope.